And so if we move in community, in unity with one another as Christians, as churches, as business leaders, to know one another, I believe we can be a blessing to the world. Yeah. And But it comes from us understanding that we are better together than we are in isolation. Welcome to Business by the Book, a family life original podcast that blends faith and business to help you maintain your walk with the Lord in any job or industry. This is Episode 8, Being the Blessing to the Nation. Today I have Mike Trapea here. Um, he is the Executive Pastor at Grace Chapel in Skinny Atlas. He's got a passion for community we have a lot of things in common about that. We've we've sat and had many discussions, and so I thought it would be good to do a podcast on it so we can talk a little bit more about it, except, you know, share our thoughts with the world. <laughs> so one of the things that I wanted to kind of jump into, first and foremost, is networking. Mm. If you know me at all, you know that I'm very passionate about it. But networking has a very, it leaves a very bad taste in people's mouth. When I say, hey, we're putting on a networking event, people are like, oh, no. Right. (laughs) But I want to give you guys a different perspective on this, if I can. So when I go out and I meet with business owners, so many of us, struggle. We struggle to keep up with everything on our plates. We struggle with staffing. We struggle to to maintain an entire business yourself is so much for any one person. And truthfully, nobody can do it themselves, which you have to have faith for that reason. For sure. <laughs> but the other aspect I think is having fellowship is so important. And when we talk about networking, a lot of the times people will immediately jump to, oh, well, what do I get out of it? Or yeah. what are, what's someone going to try to get out of me? Yeah. But I want to encourage you to look at this a little bit differently. I want you to look at this and think to yourself, what can I be doing to offer you know, support mm-hmm. to someone who probably has the same exact struggles as I do? There's something to be said about fellowship and to work with people that share your faith Mm -hmm. in this business world. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no. Networking, (laughs) I I, I have many thoughts about this, but networking, I can give you an example. Even coming out, my experience with networking, um, really coming out of college, it was, I remember a, a time where they were having a networking event downtown Syracuse and... Um, really the whole idea of it was, hey, introduce yourself to see what you can get out of it, right? Right. And it was the typical experience. You go around tables, pass your business cards around, and it left me like, okay, you you get done with that, but you never really connected with people. And I think as it relates to being a Christian in, in our world today and in our communities, I think networking can be redefined in some ways, and I think it should. I think, like you said, this idea of fellowship, understanding that there's people walking through the rigors of owning business or meeting people that walk through same 
tensions and struggles and having an opportunity to meet others, to walk through those things, to know that you're not in isolation mm. is a huge reality that I think we need to really step into and redefine. Mm -hmm. And so that's where this idea of going away from what the traditional model has been to get something from a networking event, but to say, hey, what can I add? How can I find others that are walking in similar rhythms to really provide that aspect of community I think is missing from mm -hmm. that networking landscape? It's definitely rare. And I have met a few business owners that that have taken the initiative and seen the value. I know a few business owners that will actually invite fellow coworkers or fellow business owners to their business. Mm -hmm. Like every Friday morning, they all get together and have coffee. And I think it's awesome. I think that kind of stuff is so powerful. And I, I just can't imagine the effect that business owners could have on a community if they joined together and they worked together, mm -hmm. I mean, we can't always leave everything to the church. Right, no. <laughs> we cannot be looking at the church all the time and saying, well, they should be doing that. Like, what? For sure. you are a capable human being yeah. and you can do this and you should be doing it. Yeah. And what that provides, Lindsay, is this aspect of, hey, I think you mentioned that Friday, people get together on Fridays, right? What that provides is the opportunity for people to feel the, the, the different things each one is walking through. And so some are staffing levels, right? How do you walk through that? But beyond just the business side, it goes deeper than that when you start to connect with people on an ongoing basis, right? Mm -hmm. You start to then see, hey, there's more to this person than being a businessman. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to follow Jesus in this, in this realm and do it well where then you're... It, it has an impact on your business. Mm. And that's where you start to get to the real heart of things. And then from there, you can work outwards and say, how does it affect my business? How is it affecting my marriage? And that's what really community, even in the networking landscape, should transition towards because it just provides a holistic approach rather than, hey, we're just here to make business better. You know, I think it goes far beyond that and it, it should. Oh, I'm glad you used the word community because now I'm going to go off on another here tangent we go. here. Here we go. <laughs> so I want to use a biblical example here. <clears throat> and I think it's really relevant. I'll be curious to hear your input mm. on this. So let's go way, way into the book of the Bible here. I want to talk about the Jewish nation. Mm. Everybody knows the story. But my point is that you have an entire community Mm -hmm. that went through this together. Mm -hmm. When you hear the story, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't exactly... It wasn't all up and to the right. right? It, yeah, yeah it wasn't exactly about singular people, right. but there was a whole community that went through something together mm -hmm. as a whole. The Bible tells the story that way. Yeah. As a community, they went through obeying, disobeying, mm -hmm. they were lost <laughs> for years, yeah. but they also returned to God together yeah. as an entire community. So with that kind of thinking, what does that tell us about the people that we should not necessarily surround ourselves with, but, but kind of, yeah. I mean, you have to be, you have to be going out. You have to be always reaching out mm -hmm. to people that aren't 
in your faith, but at the same time, you want to have a special fellowship with those who share your faith because it's your community that shapes who you are as a yeah, person too. For sure. It's a big impact. It's a huge impact. And that's why you should care about your community. And that's why you should invest in your community. There we go. <laughs> There's the word. Yeah, there it is. I, I think I think what I've seen from this and using the Jewish people as an example is we tend to can go back to our individualistic mindset here and now, but you do see throughout the history of the Old Testament with the Jewish people, they they were a communal communal people. They know knew what it was like to struggle together, mm. and we are far from that reality today. Oh, so much. So. And so, what you saw was people working together, and in that Christian community. Yes, there are are bleak points for sure, but <laughs> but when they moved in unity together, when they stopped worshiping other gods together and moved towards the God that has led them, mm. um, what happened is they were able to do great things, build great things together. And from that, they were able to be, what's if you look in Genesis 12, this idea of Abram and the, and the bless, it says, it basically says this idea of, they were called to be a blessing to the nations. And so if we move in community, in unity with one another as Christian uh, Christians, as churches, as business leaders, to know one another, I believe we can be a blessing to the world. Yeah. And But it comes from us understanding that we are better together than we are in isolation. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, such a good way of thinking. And I think that as business owners, we, we get so focused on our singular path sure. what is our business doing and and you know just trying to get through the day as a business owner i'm gonna get into management here for a second one of the things that I think is a huge struggle for a business leader or an owner is to find the balance of management and micromanagement. Yeah. Are you managing your business the way that you should be? Or are you micromanaging? Because if you're micromanaging, you are not allowing your employees an opportunity to step up. And to grow. And to grow. Are you allowing them some freedom, some creative control? Mm. Are you allowing them to become their own individual in your business and to also think like a leader within your business? Because if you're picking up and doing every little thing, then you know what what incentive do they have to yeah. you know to do more? For I, sure. I don't know. I've seen both ends of the spectrum in these work environments. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than um, a manager who doesn't give you any any freedom or mm. any any trust yeah. is how I would interpret it. Yeah, and I think it goes back to two. It's it, it's understanding where you are at in the life of what you are leading. Mm -hmm. um, because I think I'm using the church as an example. Um, I think for so long we've been program focused where we got to have all these different programs and we do them halfway, right? And we never really focus on what are we doing that we want to do really well and who are we asking to step into roles mm -hmm. before jumping to just doing something. Mm -hmm. And so 
because I can do a few things really well, but I can do a lot of things halfway. And I don't think that's what God desires, right. um, but it also doesn't empower a people to step into moments or opportunities where they can thrive and have a passion that could do it better than I can, Yeah. right? And But I also think we don't provide that grace to fail, mm-hmm. that grace, yeah. and I don't even like the word fail. Um, I, I like the word, um, it's not fail, but I would say grace to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that's where oftentimes innovation happens, um, is in that place of struggle where maybe they don't know right then and there how to get out of it, but what happens is they find a way out of it if they're gifted and talented towards that, or you empower them with the tools necessary to be innovative um, mm-hmm. within that. And so uh, it's just learning that. I'm learning that as a leader myself. Don't say no for people. Yeah. Um, that's a big thing for me. Oftentimes I'm like, ah, they wouldn't want, you know, they're busy enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but position it to them and let them say no. Don't you say no. And But as business leaders, I think it's crucial for us to empower well, to not micromanage um, if you can step out of it and have a team that's capable or provide them tools and training to get towards those ends. Oh, that's such an important, such an important thing is allowing them the grace to struggle. I mean, you kind of compare that to like the Jewish nation. Mm. Um, They started on the right path. Right. They had good intentions. They struggled. Right. (laughs) For a long time. But they were able to learn and they came together and they made a decision as a whole and they were given the grace to try again. And how how much of a better example than God himself being patient, (laughs) right? Right? And being being willing to be like, oh, what did you do? You know what I mean? (laughs) But sometimes he stepped in, but sometimes he let them repent and believe and, and struggle through that reality. And you saw it through the wars that, that had happened and God let them be conquered. He could have saved them, right. but he had a far greater plan for them to experience through the struggle what they had walked away from. Right. And so I just think there's beauty in that, but it's hard for us, especially as leaders, to be like, I don't want it to struggle. I don't want to experience that yeah. tension, but I think good things can come from it. Right. Yeah. You just want it done. Right. You want it perfect and you want it done. Exactly. What's that saying? Um, If you want to do something right, you better do it yourself. Exactly. Well, it's not always, not, not a great way of thinking when you're a business owner. And not healthy, right? It's not healthy at all. Now, when we talk about managing our business, we're talking about surrounding ourselves with people that share our mindset and our faith. And I touched on this before in a previous podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again because I think it's important. (laughs) So when we are choosing who to do business with, this is an important conversation. So what we had talked about in a previous podcast was when you look at these scenarios, um, you, you absolutely can and should work with and alongside people that are not Christians. Because if you're not surrounding my, yourself with people who are not Christians, then how are you ever going to impact for, yeah. someone for the better, right? These are opportunities that you should welcome and that you should be an influence. You should be a positive person in their light. <clears throat> the line, I think, of what we had concluded before was that the line is when... 
this person or this situation directly goes against your principles. Yeah. So for instance, if you were starting up a new business and let's say your business partner did not share your faith, I'd have a really very close and hard look at that. You should. It's not that it's not doable, but you have to have very, very, I think, strict and fine. De defined lines, right? Defined, defined lines, yeah. you know, that you can get out of it. If at any point it is hurting you and your faith and your relationship with God, then you should be absolute. You, should, you need to get out of it, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so coming up with that mental health boundary, but, you know, choosing who we surround ourselves with being a business owner, your role as a leader is just so important because you have so much more effect on the people that you work with every day than you realize. People look up to you, whether you think they do or not, right. they do. They depend <laughs> they do. on you, right? Yeah. And I think, I think that is a big thing with why, why we shouldn't withdraw from the communities that we live in serve in mm -hmm. and withdraw from people who don't share similar faith. Right. Um, because what our faith does it, is it defines our integrity, defines how we operate, and that should be, um, that should be seen by those who don't necessarily gravitate towards what we believe because it's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And... Um, but there, there's a personal responsibility that, that we have to maintain inner health, um, personally in faith and that continue to be cultivated so that we can continue to cultivate the world in which in the communities we live and serve in, mm -hmm. right? Because you, like you said, they look up to us in some way and that's a big, big deal. That's, that's heavy and yeah. it can be stressful in which mm -hmm. it is. But if you're walking with other people towards that, then it can assist in how you navigate those relationships that with people that don't believe what you believe. Because I don't think, personally, we are supposed to disengage. I think let's let's use wisdom. Right. Let's use clarity in our relations, right? But also let it be an opportunity for Christ to be known through how we operate. And that's why I love, I think you mentioned it probably in a prior podcast, um, Chick-fil-A's model, this oh, idea yeah. of like, we're not in the chicken business, we're in the people business, right? Yeah. Um, but, but if you interact with their business, what you see from the top is they do have a strong belief in faith. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that work at Chick-fil-A all across the country that don't believe what they believe. Yeah. But they adopt the process. They adopt the experience. They adopt. But that, that starts at the top. Yeah. And that's, I think that's why they are so successful. Perfect? Absolutely not. But moving towards that model of integrity that has an impact um, on the experience and the opportunity to engage others with faith is something I see, um, at least from that business. And I'm sure there's many other businesses, but Chick-fil-A is always, always top of mind because they do it well. business and having a positive effect in our community. I want to give maybe a few ideas and examples of how you can accomplish this and it may not be exactly what you think. Now it can be something as simple as um, 
working with your local pregnancy care center. Let's do a fundraiser. Mm -hmm. You guys come out, put up a tent. Like we're going to help promote you guys. We're going to, you know, they're going to offer a free service to our community so I can support you and I can give you a place to do that. And I'll fundraise for you. Those are the more obvious Mm -hmm. routes, but I think there's other ways to accomplish this as well. Smaller ways, but effective. So as a business, we are constantly looking at our community and we've been trained to look at the other businesses and say, who's our competition? Mm. I think that's that's what everybody thinks. Who's our competition? What's everybody else doing? What if we could change that mindset and instead look at our community a little bit differently and say, how can we work together on something like this? It's a crazy thought. It's a crazy thought. And so I love to see this kind of thing. So let's say as a business, um, you're in the people business. So um, we do a community event, okay? Um, Craft fair, something like that. You know, you can put on whatever event it is. Look at your local businesses and think about how could I involve them? So I'm going to use a specific example here, Um, a corn maze. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like I have to do with something, right? This is what's going on in my life. That's why I'm (laughs) using it as an example. We have a corn maze, okay? And as a business owner, you're like, okay, I have a corn maze. That's what it is, sure. Or I can involve my community in this corn maze. So I'm going to reach out to the local coffee place. Yeah. I'm going to see if they'll partner with us on something. Hey, let's let's promote like a really cool, um, you know, special drink for that day that's mm. going to promote the maze. You know, and you, you look at ways to tie your businesses together. Yeah, Create small partnerships. It may feel small, but it's not in the grand scheme of things. Right. This, is, this is how you can have a positive relationship an effect with another business in your area. And then, so start looking at the rest of it. Okay, there's a mini golf place down the road. How can I involve them? Some person might look at it and say, well, that's competition. They're open the same time I am. Mm -hmm. That's one way you could look at it. Or you could say, let's help each other. I'll tell you what, you put out my flyers and I'll offer a coupon for your place. Right, it's like, like You're look, at, yeah, look at it in in unique ways like that because those relationships, if you can change the mindset, imagine how much influence business owners could have on a community if they came together and worked together in these aspects. And I think this is a total. It's it's as much as we think it's natural to us to do this. It, it's it's foreign, right, to think like that. <laughs> and I think that goes back to what we mentioned before: this idea of individual. Like we are in business for ourselves versus in business in business for the communities that we live and serve in, right? right. And that's both locally and and beyond. And even you're mentioning and mentioning how some of those ideas internally here at the church, we're asking, hey, how can we? locally invest into businesses that are serving us. Even everything down to the coffee that we have, like really, instead of going nationally, what ways can we partner locally with, uh, can I I make shout outs to Simple Roast here in Auburn? And so ways that we can do these things together where it's benefiting local business, Mm -hmm. but also saying, hey, how can we be a part of the community uh, parade that just happened uh, Mm -hmm. on Labor Day here where we can be present and 
just being a instead of just um, reserved and like I mentioned before in isolation where we can be mutually benefiting one another. So those are great ideas. And I think we just need to continue to say, how can we do that better? Yeah. Um, because then that promotes conversation. Mm-hmm. And that promotes conversation, hopefully leads to trust. Mm-hmm. And then trust then leads to partnership in some ways. Right. And I think that leads to a community that is more moving more towards that communal mindset. And right. that, I think it's just healthier for our communities that we live and serve in together. Both our Christian communities, but also the communities that God has placed each of our businesses or churches in. Oh, so many good thoughts there. And I'm, I'm going to switch to kind of a down note for a second yeah. because I feel like this is a disclaimer that I want to put in here. I think that as Christians, um, well, it can go either way, I guess, but a lot of the Christians that I know are very giving people they're very excited about you know investing in things and it's wonderful it's wonderful but i also want to put a small disclaimer here to say that you know be be also selective about who you work with um i mean do the things that we're talking about but also don't be doing it with what's the word reckless (laughs) abandon like I, i i just I want to make sure discernment this... and wisdom should be a part of the process of who you partner with, right? Exactly. Because they're, I don't mean to say their image, but a lot of times when you walk with other people, not saying you should walk with everyone who agrees with every single thing, you're not going to find that. Right. But you should walk in discernment with who you partner with, because if it's totally outside of necessarily what you believe to an extreme, there can be issues that then you assimilate, then you... Right. Right. Well, that and on the flip side, a business that maybe you aren't familiar with, Mm -hmm. do your research. Know who you are doing business with. Um, I think of specific examples that are happening here locally. Like (laughs) I've seen this happen. Christian business owners can be a target. Mm. For people this might be a touchy subject here i don't know but let's go for it but this is this has happened this is a real thing um where <laughs> people know that christians are loving generous people if we're doing it right people know that about yes. us right yes people know that about you know where i'm going mm-hmm, with this i do so people are smart and people might approach you and pretend yeah to share your values. They will say what they think you want want to hear. hear, You know, and they might approach you with this amazing idea, this chance to, you know, invest in a ministry or, you know, fund this special project for kids. And I think that I'm going to use the word scam here. And I don't use that word lightly. But it's very real. And I think that there are, you often think, oh, well, it's going to be a phone call. It's going to be someone from another country reaching out to me. But this this happens in person. It can happen in your backyard. It can happen in your church. Yes. These people, there are always the, what do they say? The wolves in in sheep's sheep's clothing. clothing. Yeah, yeah. So that discernment. 
is incredibly important here as well. Do not go into things blindly. Yeah, and that's why you need people around you that run in similar paths, right? right? Because something to you could seem like, oh, that sounds great. But then other people, if you actually bring it towards maybe some other Christian uh, leaders or business people or your own local church or your pastoral team to walk, say, hey, how does this sound? What what am I missing here? What questions should I be asking? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, oftentimes, other people's vantage points can provide insight and say, maybe I shouldn't take this at face value. Maybe there's something going on that I need Mm -hmm. um, questions answered on because Yes, sadly, even within the church, mm-hmm. we have to be aware of who we are partnering with um, because the reality is that happens, I, I really wish you could say happens uh, very few times, it often happens a lot, but because of the generosity of people, because of that we serve a generous God, so we want mm-hmm. to do that, but, but you need people around you to actually mm-hmm. say, hey, I would not even come close to that. I've seen how X, Y, or Z operates. Not that I don't love them, but I would stay. I would be very hesitant to go where you're believing you should go. Oh, that is so important. One of the reasons that I even have this in the back of my mind all the time is, was an experience I had I was like 22 and I was in Haiti on a missions trip or a work trip. I can't remember what it was, but I was working for a lady who had had a heart for the women there. And um, she decided to start giving very generously towards this cause. She gave a lot of money, thousands mm. and thousands of dollars. And she decided, I don't know, something wasn't sitting well. It, you know, that gut feeling. She went down there and didn't give any notice. And she showed up and what she saw broke her. Mm. You know, um, she had been giving all of this money to an orphanage. Or so she, she thought. thought. Yeah. I mean, the cruelest things. The, the, <laughs> basically what had happened was, you know, they, they would send her photos like, oh, with the money you sent, we bought kids new beds and toys and they would take photos of these kids happy with their toys in their new beds and then what would happen is after they took those photos they would rip all of that stuff away and sell it that's tragic and so she went down there and basically caught them Mm. lying about where her money was going and so she said you know what this was a struggle this was a learning opportunity She said, I'm not going to give up what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it differently. And I'm going to have a hand in this and I'm going to have a say in this. Mm -hmm. So she started up her own business. I love it. Doing it herself. And what she did, instead of handing over money, she got involved. She bought a place down there, lives down there, you know, half of the year. Mm -hmm. And she essentially set up a program where these um, Haitian women could create their own jobs Mm -hmm. she created the window to say you know what i'm going to give you the tools and i'm going to give you the training but it's up to you to show up and do the work Mm -hmm. if you make them i will sell them yeah so she created a system that was you know 
not entirely just here, here's some money, <laughs> you know, like she got involved and she created a process that worked and that, you know, really let these women step into the roles that they could be, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of falls into what we were saying earlier. Right. And the saddest part of this whole story is <clears throat> I knew this lady's story and we were actually sitting down at dinner one evening and there at the table behind us was a table of missionaries with a man, a local man. Mm-hmm. And she, the lady that I was working for, leans over during our dinner conversation and say, do you see that table behind us? And it was very obvious to me that there was a mission group. You know, yeah. there was a bunch of church people and they were asking great questions of and they were all excited and okay. da, 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 da. Yeah. And uh, she's like, you see that, that table back there? I was like, yeah. She's like, I've seen that man here six times this week with a different group every time. Yeah. Like essentially saying that this man was scamming all of them. Yeah. And she's like, you wouldn't believe how often I see it. So when we ourselves are looking at our church, looking at a business owner, whatever it is that we are donating to or getting involved with, (laughs) be, be cautious. Yeah. They're, (laughs) they're very smart. Yeah. People are very smart and they'll. And, but that's where I, I, I'll go back to my idea of wisdom and discernment and running with people to walk towards those like decisions. But like you mentioned with, uh, with the person that you knew, there's still hope. Yes, I, I, I think, yes. I think we need to be aware, um, but also press into the hope of what, what opportunities we can step into and write mm-hmm. because you saw, you saw firsthand, she was passionate about this cause. Right. Right. And so you could immediately say she went down there again. She used wisdom and discernment to go down there. Right. To just show up and she saw the realities, but it didn't stop her from pursuing the passion in which she desired the end result and beauty was born out of it. And so use wisdom and discernment between who you start to run with. Yeah. And partner yourself with both internally that Mm -hmm. say, say they are Christians because you spend time with people around the table for any period of time, mm-hmm. you can see how people talk, how people um, think, right? And sometimes it informs, do they really, be- and this is not a judgment, but questioning, hey, do they really believe what you say you believe? Mm-hmm. By Both in, in word and deed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, transitioning that to say, hey, non-Christian, be aware of who you're partnering with within the community. But don't, don't just negate everything. Right. I think we have to live... My favorite word is tension. We need to live in, in, right, in right tension because it allows us to um, have an impact but also stand on what we believe and say we believe. It's so hard because life really is this great balancing act. You know, work with everybody, but be careful who you yeah. work with. Work hard, but don't work too much. You know, and it's, it's so... It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. And anyone that tells you it's easy is lying, um, yes, to are. be totally honest. And I even my, my, my wife gets so, so mad at me sometimes because I'm like, hey, we need to live in this tension, right? Know what we believe, live in the tension, but also stand on what we believe so that... And she's like, stop be living in the balance. Just take a side, right? Um, but the same thing goes for us. Surround yourself with good people. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with like-minded people to challenge you, to grow you, to not live isolated. Network with people that are in your same spheres, but then integrate yourself in a community with wisdom 
and and passion uh, to bring what God has given you from a business standpoint or a partnership standpoint to affect change, even in small ways, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the thriving of your community and also personally. Yeah, that's great. I think we covered a lot of good stuff today, and uh, this is actually going to be our last podcast yeah. because this was the note that I wanted to end on. This was a note that I felt this conversation was important because I see so many business owners that that are standing alone is how it feels. Mm. You know, and a lot of times what's even more sad is they're struggling and they're, they have the weight of the world on their shoulders and they're working so hard to pick up the slack that oftentimes the aspect that they miss is going to church on Sunday Mm. because they're so overworked or they're working on a Sunday and church offers this special role in your life for that community. It is important to engage in church on Sunday for that community but also have another community. The fellowship does not just end at the church. It needs to be in all aspects of your life. And that's one thing I I just press into people toward as we close this, is this idea that, hey, the church exists to gather people locally to express and, and, and worship God, right? But we provide an opportunity to um, position people to know one another, but don't just solely depend on the church corporately to make that connection happen find other people use resources that are available to you to meet other christian leaders to say hey do you want to get some coffee i want to run some things by you don't just wait for the church to make that connection for you step into it yourselves to learn grow and run with other people towards hopefully ways that you both benefit that you both can grow from or beyond just two people many more Mm. absolutely well, we hope that we, you know, gave you some unique ideas, maybe some inspiration. I hope. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. I, I really feel like everybody that I've talked to is having these exact struggles. Yeah. I really feel like everybody, it's so easy to feel alone, but you need to be reminded that you're not. Go yeah. out, find somebody that you can talk to about these things that... You know, they might have ideas that you haven't thought of. They might just uplift you or... At the very least, you get some coffee out of it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Coffee can do the body good. It it can. (laughs) But anyway, we appreciate you guys, um, you know, listening in. If we we really do encourage you to go out and take action Um, here at Family Life, we are working to try to put on um, events like this Mm -hmm. in your area. Uh, reach out to Family Life. Find out if there's one coming up in your area. Ask for one to be coming up in your area. And, you know, we're, we're doing our small role as a ministry, what we can. But you should also be, you know, approaching people at church. You should be participating in church. You should be finding local business owners that, you know, you can have your own fellowship with. Have a Friday morning coffee meet. Yeah. Whatever it looks like to you, we encourage you to do it. Thanks for listening to Business by the Book, a Family Life original podcast. You can find other Family Life podcasts, including If That Makes Sense, Therese Talk, The Rise Up Morning Show podcast, and The Parable podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts, as well as at familylife.org. 
Family Life is a listener-supported ministry sharing the message of hope that we have in Jesus Christ through radio, podcasts, online music streams, and our departments in performing arts, events, and counseling. Find out how you can support our ministry outreach when you go to familylife.org.